Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titaness. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hellmouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron M. Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Aline Maharet Terrell, aka Tranos. Say it with your whole chest or be visited by the ghost of childhood trauma. Yeah, we regurgitating shit. This is Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that just has been having a really rough time. I'm back from a two week hiatus. I needed to take some time off because, just like, there's a lot of things in my life currently that are just bothersome. I can't talk a lot about most of it as of this moment because I just don't want to trigger myself. Today's episode is a check-in um, for me and my fans, uh, loosely saying fans. Um, a lot of what's been going on with me lately is a, just a battle, a, a uphill battle with depression. But what's been going on majorly is just a theme of disrespect and how much I have to weather it. I, I weather disrespect on almost every level. Currently, it is 11-26-2023. Thanksgiving just passed. I don't really celebrate it. One, because it's a celebration of genocide. Two, I don't have a family. Um, three, it's just it's a really tumultuous time in my life. So, What's been going on with me in my hiatus? Well, I am on medical leave from several things. I am preparing to wind down my wrestling career, and I wanted to talk about that beforehand. I started wrestling in 1997. In 1997, being a black wrestler was as tough as you can think it <laughs> it was. Um, being in locker rooms full of like problematic white men who called themselves peers, brothers, and all that other shit. I had to navigate it with rage most of the time. Like, I couldn't be diplomatic. I, I was never considered, like, um, a, a person. I was always seen as a mood or a tool to be used. We're coming up very quickly on what could be, or in my mind, is uh, my very last match. And that means a lot to me. But it, I don't think it resonates with a lot of people. I've been around for two decades. I've been around in this area specifically for two decades. And in that two decades, I've had to shatter glass ceilings. I've had to deal with uh, racism. I've had to deal with homophobia, transphobia, my entire career. My entire career. Wanting to pass on knowledge to others and being seen as an entity that doesn't have a soul is pretty hard. What's currently happening is that um, I'm the No Limits champion at Upstate Professional Wrestling, and that is the ceiling for me. Um, as a trans woman who has been busting her ass since I returned from my first uh, hiatus from wrestling, which was around three to four years, I've been busting my ass the entire time trying to make my dreams come true, trying to reach goals that I, I thought were attainable. And because of uh, my identity, those things aren't. My work ethic isn't taken into consideration 
my drive isn't taken in consideration. The sacrifices I've made are not taken into consideration. I am sitting in a room full of strangers now. There is no camaraderie. There is no brother or sisterhood for me. There never was. And I, I, I talked about it a couple months back uh, that it, there was a period of time where I stated that the brotherhood was phony. And then I had to contend with the entire locker room telling me that, oh, I feel I feel upset that you said that it's a real camaraderie thing around here. It's not. It's based upon white boys, boy, boy club shit. And I'm tired of it. My exit is not because my body can't do this anymore. It can. It's that my mind's not willing to put up with it anymore. It hurts like, like not being considered. It, it hurts not getting the same push or getting the same um, recognition as others. It hurts not being considered who I am. Like uh, I spoke about it on my Facebook last month. Uh, I was pretty upset that there was a women's championship match and what they were fighting for was who was the most dominant woman in upstate professional wrestling. Me. Me. In all of upstate professional wrestling history, I'm the most accomplished woman in the locker room. You know what I didn't get? A women's championship shot. Considered. When I became the upstate professional wrestling champion, I had to contend with the likes of people like Jimmy Olsen, like straight up telling me to my face that he didn't think that I was the champion because of my skill level. He thought that I was a champion because I was a token being called token. That was like my nickname from some wrestlers. They would just call me token. I was the only black person in the locker room at most most of the time, like um, shout out to Coconut Jones and. Victor Lord, y'all came around long uh, a little bit after me, but like for a long time, it was just me dealing with the problematic, hearing the racism, hearing the homophobia and having to hide because of it, not being willing to tell anyone that I was trans because I couldn't trust the safety of the space that I was in, being treated completely differently based upon a, a level of disrespect that was still disrespectful. You respected me more and you thought I was just a black man. I attributed a lot of my... Uh, uh, accolades and stuff like that to just hard work so just to be told that like i'm only the champion because there was no one else available was was bullshit but i wasn't defended i wasn't upheld i wasn't coddled the way the other wrestlers were i wasn't given opportunity after opportunity everything that i got in this business i had to like fight for i doubted myself because of it i didn't push further than i was supposed to go because i was like if it's this bad here it's gotta be bad on the next level I have to hide so much here. It takes so much of my energy. I can't focus. I started out in professional wrestling as a homeless kid with a drug addiction, with a chain of traumas that happened before I even walked into a locker room. Things that I couldn't explain to any of them because there is no brotherhood. Not for me. Not for not for the women who came uh, before me. They the, the reason why there's a revolving door on professional wrestling when it came for women in the 90s and the early 2000s because there was no space made for them. They were objectified and seen as eye candy. And when I fought to make that different, I was told that I was soft and a homosexual and all those other things. And you might be correct. But I'm also just and unbiased. I think women's wrestling is just as important and what I've achieved here hasn't been recognized. I'm synonymous with a title called the No Limits Championship. 
When it was first passed to me, it had no legacy, no nothing. Every person who has touched that belt since me added to it. And I've held it multiple times. Some people say six times. Some people say nine times. The truth is, it's nine times. Every time that that belt was sinking or that they needed someone on the card who could, who was reliable, they called upon me. They passed it to me. But every time I wanted more, I was resided to it. Don't get me wrong. I love the No Limits Championship, and I think I've done a great job of helping build a legacy to it and helping give it some validity. But, like, my goal has always been to be the heavyweight championship again, and my time is soon over with. And we pass it to our friends. They got this, like, polls and stuff going on right now where they're talking about uh, who's the most popular, like, who's the, the wrestler of the year, who's tag team of the year. Those things aren't based upon merit. Those things aren't based upon what you did in the ring. It's based upon your friends. How many friends do you have? Who, who respects you enough as a friend to vote for you? Not what you did. Not the legacy that you've built. Not the things that you've done for this company. Who likes you? We have nothing in common. I don't hang out with a lot of the men there. I feel isolated and I feel like I can't be my full self still to this day in that locker room. I can't be who I am. I'm not respected for who I am. So no, I'm not going to take part in your part, in your a popularity contest because I've never believed that popularity trumps product production. More often than not, I'm sent out there to do a job and I come back with the with the goal reached. I do what was set out for me to do, even if I don't like it. It's, it's got me nowhere. I still get to walk through the curtain and not know what was going on. Oh, how was it? Did you watch my match? Oh, it was all right. Hey, can you watch my match for me? I just wanted to know where, like, where I am. Oh, um, yeah, I'll check it out. Oh, hey, like, um, I know we're wondering what the storylines are for the future. I, I kind of want a, a, a run with the heavyweight championship. I want to know if I can still do it. I want to know if, if I can make it different, if I can make history in this area. I deserve that. Oh, we'll see down the line. It's been four years. It's been five years since I asked that question, almost five years. And the whole time I've been putting my head down and doing what I was asked of me, what was asked of me. Not seen as who I am, not treated like a woman. I've only wrestled uh, women twice since I've been back. And then the absolute goal. The absolute, like, empty, like, empty-mindedness to not even consider me a woman when you're talking about the most dominant woman in upstate professional wrestling. Me. It's me. With the highest work ethic. The, the total number of matches. The amount of titles I've held. The names I've went through. I've only wrestled men. I've never been in a high-caliber match versus a woman. Ever. I've never got the, the the opportunity to have that done. No one's ever considered it. None, never. You put up a cage, you put two cisgender women in it, and then you exclude the woman who built the women's division here. To be the most dominant woman here, 
You have to beat me. You have to be in a ring with me. Have learned something from me. And nobody's taking that away from me. At one point in time, there was three trans women in our locker room. I can't speak on behalf of the other girls. I know they aren't around anymore because they felt alienated. And I'll tell you something. <sighs> this is uh, heavy on my heart. I wish there was a place that was safe enough for us to be us. I really do. There's dream matches that I had in my mind. I wanted to wrestle every woman in this area. I wanted to have the opportunity to bring women in. I talked about it. We should have a women's tournament. We should do this. We should do that. No, that's what we'll think about it. It's down the road. We'll think about it. It's five years later. The slap in the face I felt just watching those promos. And it's nothing against those two girls. They didn't do this. It's the powers that be. We have to remember that professional wrestling is still ran by men mostly. They make decisions based upon their attraction to us. I'm not considered a woman because I'm not considered attractive. I'm not considered womanly. My voice doesn't ring female to them. More often than not, like, the thing that used to make me happy now hurts me all the time. And I have to like weigh in what my happiness really was. Was I happy to be out in front of the crowd? Yes. Was I happy to be telling meaningful stories? Yes, I was. Was I, ha uh, was I happy to have a unique style? Yeah, I am. My style is still very unique in upstate professional wrestling. It's very different from everyone else's. It's more psychological based. It's more rooted in like uh, traditional uh, psycho psychology. Even though there's some unique movements that are happening, there's some unique things that are happening during my matches, it's rooted in psychology. Is there an heir apparent to my style? No. Have I been trying to make one? Have I been trying to help? Yes. Being a former heavyweight champion at Upstate Professional Wrestling means a lot. There's a, a list of, of really great wrestlers who held the Upstate Professional Wrestling belt, and it meant a lot to me. But when I walk in the back and I see that there are other, uh, air quote, veterans that come around and they are treated with a, a, a respect that I've never known, it upsets me to no end. I want to... I want to be clear here. I don't take back what I've done. I don't take back what I've said. I did what I did for the upstate banner because at one point it meant so much to me. But I have to pass this on. I have to move away from this because it's doing more harm to me now. What once was the love of my life has now become a crux, a thing that upsets me. I was the upstate professional wrestler trainer for the longest time. And like the, I would bust my ass being at school night after night after night after night. I was never given the power that the current like trainers were given. I was never given the consideration. No storylines, no none of that stuff. I wasn't a, a booker. I wasn't given control over anything but collecting money and training the, the, the future of upstate professional wrestling. My methods were constantly questioned. My style was constantly undermined because I, I chose to pay attention to psychology because that makes great storytelling. Movement became second to me. I believe that you had to be in shape and your mind had to be sharp. Just passed to other people. They're given uh, more consideration to me, more power than me. And, and they've been around a quarter of the time that I've been around. It's upsetting. And instead of having real conversations about it, when I say these things uh, and I try to start that conversation, I'm considered aggressive because I like I eventually have to blow up because I'm not being listened to. I feel taken advantage of.
by everyone but the fans. January 19th, I'm going to give my all that night. Like I always do. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to tell a story that ends the chapter of my career. I want to say to the upstate professional wrestling fans of old and the new ones who respect what I do, I thank you so much for being there when no one else was. You don't know how many times your hand claps and your voices and your attention to detail saved my life. I wrestled through deaths in the family, sickness, heartache, mental instability, suicidal ideation, and every step of the way you were there. I gave of my body freely, knowing that there was this exchange of energy between us that can't be matched by anyone else. It's hard to walk away from that. But I have to do something for me. I have to go where I'm accepted. I have to go where I'm respected. And there's no place like that here in New York anymore. There never was. I'm black. I'm queer. I'm trans. I'm never going to be considered the way that a white male wrestler is. I'm never going to be given uh, the power uh, that cisgendered people are given. This ain't AEW. This ain't Ring of Honor. This ain't some national stage where you get treated better because there's an expectation of that. This is the Indies. This is Western New York, who has a problem with racism, a huge problem with homophobia, and, and, and incentivized transphobia. More than anything, the only thing that rings true is that there's a connection between me and upstate professional wrestling fans. We get each other. But upstate professional wrestling fans ain't in the locker room. I would talk longer about this, but I'm not obligated to. January 19th at Wrestle Bowl, I promise you I will give you 100% of what I have left. I'm going to leave everything in that ring. And when it's all said and done, win, lose, or draw, my career ends. This episode... It's going to be a short one because my emotions won't allow me to speak any further. I'm really hurt and upset about a lot of things that have been going on in my life. And I needed to take that break and I'm going to be back um, with newer episodes, but this is a little bit more personal today. With that being said, this has been Tranos in the lived experience. My name is Cam Ryan Aline Maharet Terrell, a.k.a. Tranos, a.k.a. Akasha Black, b.k.a. Gabriel Saint. Last Ride.